0: Good morning, Starns Cove. It's great to be with you on this wonderful Lord's Day. And of course, you know and I know there's something extremely special about this day. This day is Easter Sunday morning, and we're here to celebrate our risen, resurrected Savior. Nothing can keep us from doing that. Not even the coronavirus we can still celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ right where we are as brothers and sisters in the Lord. So I'm happy to be able to share with you on this special occasion today. Just before I get into the message, I want to remind you of a very important announcement that Pastor William has been trying to put before you. And that is the event that is known as praying on the mountain. This originally started out with uh, a couple of hundred preachers that were going to meet together on a mountain to pray for revival and spiritual awakening. But since the coronavirus has occurred, it's changed our plan somewhat and it's not just going to be praying on the mountain, it's going to be praying from wherever we are. And it's not just gonna be a couple of hundred preachers, it's going to be hopefully tens of thousands, perhaps even a hundred thousand of God's people, brothers and sisters in the Lord, that will agree to pray together on May the 5th for revival and spiritual awakening in our individual lives, in our families, in our churches, and in our nation. We pray that God will bring a healing from the coronavirus that is plaguing our land right now. But we pray even more than that, that God will bring a spiritual healing to his people and bring salvation to millions of lost people who will come to know Jesus Christ. Would you join us in that prayer for spiritual awakening on May 5th? Just go to the website that Pastor William has shared with you, and you'll be able to sign up and register there. There's some good information for you to read about the 95-year-old preacher named Fred Lunsford who put this event together. And there's some other information by way of video that you'll want to take a look at. So I'm counting on you to join with us on May 5th in this special, special time of prayer. Well, for the message today, Of course, I'm preaching on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you have a copy of God's Word with you, turn with me right now to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to look at chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. That's 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. And I want to read that passage to you now and then bring a message that I have entitled, What If Easter Never Happened? All right, let's read about that. That's actually what Paul is discussing in this passage of scripture. What if the resurrection never took place? Where would we be? First Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is without foundation, and so is your faith. In addition, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we've testified about God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you're still in your sins. Therefore... Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have placed our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone." And those are the words of the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What if Easter never happened? Billy Graham once told Time Magazine, if I were an enemy of Christianity, I would aim right at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that is the heart of Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundational truth upon which Christianity is built. If you take away the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the rest of Christianity tumbles down like a house made out of cards. What if Easter never happened? Paul addresses that in the passage that we just read. What effect would it have upon us? What impact would it make if Jesus has not been resurrected from the grave? Well, it will impact us in at least three ways that this passage of Scripture talks about. First of all, the first way we're impacted is we must forfeit our message. If Jesus Christ has not been resurrected from the grave, we must forfeit our message. Let's start with me, a preacher of the gospel. If Jesus Christ has not risen, then all preaching is profitless. That's what Paul was talking about in verse 14, and he, where he said, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain also, he says. If Jesus Christ is still in a tomb, if he is as dead now, as he was when they took him off the cross, then basically for 30 years, I wasted my life pastoring churches. I wasted 10 years of college and seminary training. And I've wasted 45 years doing Christian ministry if Christ has not been raised. If Jesus has not been resurrected from the dead, I literally own thousands of books that I need to just simply toss on the junk heap. You see, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, then I'm wasting my time preaching and you're wasting your time listening. And it would be hard to tell who the bigger fool would be me for preaching the gospel, or you for taking time to even listen to it if Jesus weren't raised from the dead. If Jesus Christ was not resurrected from the tomb, the truth is bonnets and bunnies would make more sense than the cradle and the cross as we celebrate Easter. Without a risen Savior, no sermon, regardless of how well it has been prepared or presented, how logical or stimulating it may be, that sermon would not be worth hearing if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. It would be empty, Paul says. A little six-year-old boy complained to his mother that he had a stomach ache. And his mother said, the reason your stomach hurts is because it's empty. You'd feel better if you put something in it. A little while later that evening, the pastor stopped by their house for a visit. And after being greeted by the mom and dad, he came into the living room and the little boy was there and he saw the pastor and he said, hey preacher, how are you feeling? And the preacher said, I'm not feeling so well. I've got a headache. And the little boy said, that's because it's empty. If you were to put something in it, then it wouldn't hurt anymore. Well, Paul is saying that all of our preaching, that all of our ministry would be empty if Jesus Christ has not been resurrected from the grave. Sometimes people communicate some things that they never really intended to say. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just said something and it came out totally different? than the way that you intended for it to be. I read about some humorous ads in the newspaper of which people were advertising something and uh, it was just totally different than the way they intended. For example, here's one of those ads. Earring special. Have your ears pierced and get an extra pair to take it home. Are they talking about the earrings or an extra pair of ears you can't tell by the way that's worded here's another one illiterate write today for some material <laughs> if you're illiterate how you're going to write and then here's another ad for a dry cleaners dry cleaners we never tear your clothing with machinery we do it by hand I'm not sure that I'd want them to do my dry cleaning for me. How about you? And then here's another one. Men wanted for work in a dynamite factory must be willing to travel long distances. (laughs) Well, sometimes we say things, we may even write things that come out differently than we intended for them to be said. But our Lord Jesus Christ, when he spoke, he meant what he said. And you can trust what Jesus said. And in Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 through 23, the scripture says, now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. Now get this next part. They will kill him and the third day he will be raised up. That was no mistake in what Jesus was saying. Jesus absolutely meant that. And that is what happened on that first Easter Sunday morning. Hallelujah. But if it weren't for that fact, all it would make an impact. And one of the impacts is that we must forfeit our message as Christians and as preachers of the gospel. But there's a second way we would impact if there had been no Easter. And that second way of impact is we must forget our mission. You see, Jesus has given us a commission, hasn't he? And we call it the Great Commission. And we read about it in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20. Let me just read that to you now. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our mission. Our mission is to bring people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and then to disciple them to Christian maturity. But the problem is, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, then faith is totally irrelevant at that point. That's why Paul said in our text in the beginning of verse 17, if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile, it's worthless. You see, faith is no greater than the object that it is placed in. Now, all the faith in the world will not allow you to be able to sit in a two-legged chair. It's just not gonna happen, is it? All the faith in the world will not keep you from falling to your death if you jump out of an airplane without a parachute. And what gives faith its credibility is the object in which that it's faced. Many years ago, out in Los Angeles, there was a man who called himself the human fly. This man had an incredible ability to climb up the sides of a tall building, a a skyscraper, without any aid, ropes or harnesses or anything like that. He just did it with his bare hands and feet. He would climb up the side of a tall building. And he amazed people at the incredible ability that he had. One day a crowd had gathered around him and he was going up the side of one of those skyscrapers. And as he as he did that, uh, we are told that he reached up for what he thought was another brick. And when he did, instead of a brick, he grabbed something that just immediately became nothing in his hand and he lost his balance and he fell backward off that building to his death. When they went to him and examined him, they found in his hand a spider web. He had been reaching out and trying to grab hold of a what he thought was a brick, but it was nothing but a spider web. Hey, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we may as well be grasping for spider webs instead of bricks. But thank God, because Jesus is resurrected, we have a strong, sure foundation, a rock-solid faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, what gives meaning to the birth of Christ is the life of Christ. And what gives meaning to the death of Christ is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ had not been Raised from the dead, then His birth, His life, and even His death would all be meaningless because Jesus said, I will rise again on the third day. And if He did not do that, then our, then the tomb and the cross would be absolutely meaningless without it. And so, without Easter, we must forget our mission. But there's a third way that we would be impacted if Easter had never happened, and that is we must forsake our ministry. We must forsake our ministry. If Jesus has not been raised from the dead, we have no ministry to offer either to the living or to those who are dying. We can offer no hope for the dying. Paul said in verse 18 of our text, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died as Christians, they've perished if Jesus has not been raised from the dead. That means that death would still have its sting. That that the grave would still hold its victory. Life would be kind of like a form of Russian roulette where all you could do is just play and then one day fire the fatal bullet. That would end it all. If Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, there's no hope now. And there would be no hope of heaven in the future. That would mean that your loved ones who have died in the Lord, that it made no difference. That they were just lost that they were just put in the grave somewhere, and that was the end of it all, and their bodies were there to decay and to go back to the dust. I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ has not been resurrected from the dead, there would not be enough money in Fort Knox to get me to preach another funeral because I couldn't offer any hope. I couldn't offer any encouragement to people if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. But then, not only is there no hope for the dying, there's no hope for the living either. Because Paul said it this way in verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. Paul said the most pitiful human being on the planet is a person who has placed his faith in Christ if Christ has not been raised from the dead. You see, Christianity, what we believe, who we are, what our future holds, it is all placed upon the foundational truth of Jesus Christ raising from the dead. I'm reminded of a story of some boys who got together to play football. And they came together to play and all of a sudden realized that no one had brought a football. One of the little boys said to the other one, he said, Oh, never mind the ball. Let's just get on with the game. Folks, we can't get on with Christianity unless there is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It all hinges upon Jesus being raised from the dead. But now, here's the truth that I want you to see. And this is what I want you to rejoice in today. We don't have to worry about forfeiting our message. We don't have to worry about forgetting our mission we don't have to worry about forsaking our ministry. Why? Because of what Paul said in verse 20 of our text. He said, but now Christ is risen from the dead. Praise the Lord for that. That's what Easter is about. That's what every Sunday is about. That's what every day is about. Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the grave. You see, we do have a message. Jesus is alive. We have a mission. We're to tell people that Jesus is alive and that he can change their lives. And we do have a ministry. Because Jesus is alive, we can offer hope to the living, and we can offer uh, life to those who are dying. Arnold Toynbee, the British historian, once said, if the body of one Jew, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, can be produced, then all of Christianity will crumble into a lifeless religion. Well, Toynbee was absolutely right about that statement. The only problem is, no one has ever found the body of Jesus, and no one will ever find the body of Jesus, that is, unless you look to heaven to the right hand of God the Father, and there he will be, reigning as the resurrected living Christ forever and forever. You know, as much as I thank God for the virgin birth of Christ, as much as I thank God for the sinless life of the Lord Jesus Christ, as much as I glory in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to understand that it is the resurrection of Jesus that makes Christianity absolutely unique from all the other religions of the world. Confucius, he died and was buried. Buddha rotted away with food poisoning and he died. Muhammad died in 632 and his body was cut up and spread all over the Near East. But Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and on that single statement hangs the hope for the human race, both in this life and in the life that is to come. A Buddhist in Africa was converted from Buddhism to Christianity. And they asked this Buddhist, why did you change your faith? Here's what he said. He said it's like this. If you were walking along a road and you came to a fork in the road and two men were there, one was dead and the other one was alive, which one's directions would you follow? I'm glad Jesus is alive and we're following his directions. We are looking to him today, and so I'm so thankful today that I have chosen Jesus over a dead Muhammad, a dead Buddha, a dead Confucius. I say loudly and I say proudly, I choose to follow the one who is raised from the dead and lives forever, and his name is Jesus. And if you're not following him, I pray that you will make a decision to do that right now, that you will pray, that you'll repent of your sins, that you will invite Christ into your life, that you will crown him as the Lord of your life. And then you will have hope as you live this life. And when you come to the end of this life, you will not have to fear death because Jesus has gone before you. And he has taken the sting out of death and the gloom out of the grave. Praise God for a risen, resurrected Savior. We rejoice in him on this Lord's day. And all God's people said, Amen.